What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome back. It's the Unfiltered Experience. It's Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Always your place for the Unfiltered Experience, where we bring you unfiltered conversations designed to move your confidence, your awareness, and your opportunities for expansion forward. My name is Christopher Roush. I am the No Excuses Coach. Proud to be joined here by my brother from another mother. Yeah, this is Scott Coyette. I'm the founder of Go Love Now. I love There you go. I'm the founder. You. Own that shit, baby. I'm going to go love now. Somebody's got to find it. Might as yeah. well have been me, right? GoLoveNow.com. Absolutely. Yeah, go no, love more. Great. Just keep loving. Love. Ooh, is that love. the next one? It's going to be go love more? Go love more. Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up because people have said that. And I, I actually would rather say now because go love more means you're already saying that you're not enough. And I don't subscribe to that. Right. I think you're already enough as is. Go love as is. Go love now. Go love now. Ooh, yeah, you gotta get some bumper stickers going on. We gotta get, we gotta spread more love around this whole entire beautiful world that's going on. I have a lot of stickers. I got a box full of Go Love Now stickers. I hand them out. They're on the backs of computers. I, I put them in stalls and bathrooms. You know, <laughs> put my number on them. Is that for the? Is that? Never mind. I won't even go down that politician route. <laughs> is that for the politicians that touch toes in the airports or whatever? Something like that. <laughs> no, it's, it could definitely be distorted when you put Go Love Now into a bathroom in a public bathroom. Probably didn't come across as the way I was hoping it would. Exactly. Yeah, you got to be careful about that. Yeah. So let's move on. Okay. Right. Cool. So how's your week been? How's everything been going with you? Ah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful planet. Super grateful. Um, I love just finding more things to be grateful for in every waking moment. You know, we're talking about I am statements and purpose. Uh, that's a, that's one you can always plug in. I am grateful. I am gratitude. You know, I mean that baseline of being happy with what you have like to the point not go love more go, go love now like i got love right now i don't need yeah. more like i'm i'm in it i am it i am love so yeah it's I true it's so it. true and like i texted you yesterday and we just all share this with everybody watching this you know we've been doing these this series of shows and i've been trying to figure out okay i've said my i am statements but really it kind of hit me yesterday of all places disneyland the chaos and everything else that's going on and i just found myself really just calm and just like going wow me and my family are at Disneyland that. right now. How cool is this? And I thought about it. I'm like, I feel peaceful. And that's when I texted you. I'm like, I, I am peace. Right. And that. all throughout the day when there was like chaos going on or my son was doing something, wasn't listening. I'm like, no, Chris, you are peace. You're not a frustrated, angry parent. You're, you're peace. Remember that you are peace. And I just felt good about that for the rest of the day. I'm like, I got to text Scott. I am peace. I am peace. Cause most of the time I've just been chaos my entire yeah. life. I've just been a busted chainsaw in a fucking China shop. <laughs> And you Let's know, go. if I say I can or I can't, you're right. And so yeah. to say I am, I, I am peace or I am chaos, you're right either way. So my, my daughter has this um, amazing ability that she comes into, she likes our shower because, you know, like the master shower is always cool. We got like the cool glass and we got the rain shower and the squirty thing and all this stuff. Like, you know, it's like a nice hotel shower. Oh, yeah. So she always comes in there and we use the squeegee. We, we like when we were done, it's like it looks like no one showered. She comes in and we're like, is it humanly possible to create a river outside a shower? Because you just did it. And so finally today I walked in, I go, I go, okay, I just wanted to thank you. Um, I'm now actually going to do a morning aquatics workout. I just went for a swim in our bathroom. So I'm no longer upset when you do it. 
I am grateful. And she's just laughing her head off. She goes, I was going to clean it up. I'm like, I, I'm sure you were, but I'm just using it as a swimming pool. So thank you. And I really wasn't mad, but I'm I'm still dumbfounded how it's humanly possible not to dry off in the shower and get it everywhere. But <laughs> I just was like, I have a beautiful daughter and I've got an amazing life. And if you want to destroy our bathroom, you're welcome to do it. Yeah. So that's where I was at today. So there you I, go. You, brother. So we are we are living our truth. Living our truth, man. Grateful, swimming on my bathroom floor. You know, you just got to do what you got to do. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And we've had some pretty amazing conversations here. So we hope you guys at home have been enjoying this. And let us know in the comments what has been one of the most influential conversations that we've had so far. Because tonight we have another one that's coming for you guys. So to make sure that you get the best value out of this, have something to take notes on, whether it's your handy dandy cell phone, whether it's, you know, good old fashioned pen and paper like I like to use, have something to take notes on. And that way, after this conversation, you can sit there and strategize in your mind. What of these things that I learned from this conversation can I start to apply in my life? And Scott, please let us know who our uh, guest is for tonight. Absolutely. Um, you know, this guest is somebody that I've had extensive conversations about love, gratitude. Um, one of the things that we've discussed, and we actually had him on the show before we talked about the concept of judgment. And one thing we haven't spoken about in our purpose-filled discussions and talking about who am I and I am statements is the idea of judgment of others. Because when we're judging others, we know why we're really doing it. All that judgment is this person do this and this person do that. It's taking accountability off this version of self, the vehicle that I'm contained in right now, Scott, it's saying that it's everybody else's fault, but my own. And we know damn well, <sighs> we'll change what's within here. Yeah. My outer world responds. So 100%. without further ado, I know this guy is going to hit a home run on taking us down a path of why we do these things. My good friend, Earl Amin. What's up, brother? What's up, Earl? Hey. Welcome to the Unfiltered Experience. Once again, thank you for coming back and having the conversation with us again. Yeah, and I just want to say Earl had an amazing background. He's in Colombia. It's beautiful, but because the light was behind him, I'll just tell you, it looks amazing up in the mountains. It's in Seja, right? Seja? Yeah, La Seja. The La Seja, La Seja, not too far from Medellin. It, it, uh, look, yeah. I want to go there. I want to go just oh, yeah. Yeah. sip on a it's drink and watch the sun come down with you on that little balcony. Uh, I tell you, I wish I could show it to you. It's just mind-blowing and appropriate to what we're going to be talking about today as well. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, let's start off with the uh, the million-dollar question. Mm -hmm. Do you have an I am statement that really resonates with you or a few? I mean, we've been narrowing it down to three with some people. You know, sometimes somebody's just got one they want to share. Um, what do you have to share with your I am statements? Because I know you're powerful with those. Mm -hmm. It it is as we were discussing earlier i was going to say it's so funny that you're talking about this now and and it, it really isn't it is simply timely and appropriate mm -hmm. uh, because uh, our lives all of our lives as human beings existing in this in this life dynamic uh, we are constantly having the truth and the now presented to us Mm -hmm. But it is our level of internal awareness that advises our external response. So if we are self-aware, then we can experience what now is delivering to us in such a way that it deepens and strengthens and fortifies us, expands us, grows us. Every term you can think of, it makes us better. However, not but one of the things that happens as well is that we encounter whether we are conscious of it subconscious or unconscious to it 
uh, we encounter judgment. And judgment, as I have chosen to define it, is simply coming to a terminal understanding that determines who I am. A terminal understanding. And, and this is why judgment can be both good and useful or bad and destructive. Mm -hmm. If you do not have a relationship with what judgment means. Mm -hmm. And to bring you to how I came to understand this, I realized just a moment ago, as you all were setting up, uh, that I needed to share something out of my life because I have a practice that I never talk about things that I have not experienced. Mm. So on November 12th of this past year, my only child, my daughter died and it was a surprise. What? And she simply expired. Her heart gave out and she died on the spot. Wow. And I will tell you that part of my I am statement used to be because it is variant because there is no one thing that you can I am. You must allow for the dynamic of change to come into your life. So in one minute, it can be that I am peaceful. <laughs> I am tolerant. I am patient. Um, but in that moment, I lost every perspective of my I am because we often ground ourselves in our children. Yeah, and we foundation our I am our identity uh, on our children and and the hopes that we instill in them for for future. It's it's how we become immortal is through our children. And I realized that that moment that uh, I had but one opportunity for immortality and that it was gone is gone. And over the ensuing period of time, and this is still very recent. Yeah. Uh, I have had to redefine my I am wow. and um, <clears throat> and the issue of judgment, because one of the things that happens when you don't have answers is you make them up. Exactly. That's just a, a reality. You, you make them up and, and we tend to want to judge ourselves and we tend to want to judge that I didn't do enough. I wasn't there enough. I didn't say the right thing at this time. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. What, what if I could, if I could have, would have, should have. And you can actually drive yourself insane. Yeah. Yes. However, and this is not me in some grand testament to my acumen or my deepness. Uh, I do possess a level of awareness that I learned in that moment transcends even the horror of the sudden death of your only child. And, um, and that was, I had to ask myself, okay, this is what has happened. This is a truth. <clears throat> Who am I in relationship to this truth? Yeah. And that sent me not on a forward spiral. It sent me on a backward and inward spiral and to determine that I am and have always been daddy. I am and have always been father. I am and have always been my best, not the best, my best. And I went through this, this process uh, amidst all of the humanistic responses and so forth and have, have come as I move forward through time and space 
uh, have come to a place that is, I am in control of nothing. <laughs> Amen. I am in control of nothing. So what can I be in control of? Because I am possessing of power and possessing of dominion and authority over so many things in this world, but not everything. So Scott, when you and I spoke and we talked about judgment and we talked about I am statements, I can imagine the plethora of responses from many uh, people who are brilliant and experienced and so forth and so on. Um, and I realize that there is no one statement because I only exist in this now. Right. So I have to look at this now and determine what I am experiencing in order to determine what my I am is. And then the funny thing happened. I started in every single time I go through this process, I see, you remember He-Man, the cartoon? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Say, I have the power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I looked at how cool that was back when I was watching that kind of thing, but also uh, that it was a statement. He didn't say, I want the power. I get to have it. I will someday possess it. Yeah. He says, I have the power. And so what's important in the understanding of I am is the first letter, and that is I, is that it's not about you, it's not about we, it's not about us, it's about I. And I does not always mean exclusion. Because, I because I, I, if somebody can tell me how to shut up Siri on my Sometimes they they perk up when you least expect it. Yeah, we yeah. have no technology skills here. We're doing our best to get on this stream <laughs> right now. Hey, man, I hear you. <laughs> so I, I, I really, uh, both by force of circumstance and by choice, just let myself and allowed myself to just fall into a deeper understanding of I am because there was something threatening my I am. And I could have just been, I'm the guy that lost a child. I, that could be my whole story. Uh, it is not. I, I rarely speak of it unless I see that it is meaningful and that I am at that point in time an answer to a question. So I am doesn't always have to be like my, my chosen, my favorite I am is that I am love yeah. because I have had a redefining of what love is because we often don't understand what is now until now passes. And then we have hindsight to rely upon. And I know that I am love because love is ever and only an action. And that action impacts and allows you to measure it, to quantify it, uh, to certify it when, when necessary. Um, but I have also in recent months been, I am devastated. I am sorrow. Yeah. I am joyless. But those are temporary states. And what is most important is that that third word, that triangle, that base, that is, 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 uh, interchangeable. It's interchangeable. So that means that if, if it's interchangeable, it means I can change it. So oftentimes I am change and I therefore decide and decide is from the Latin, which means to cut away from versus incise to cut into excise to cut out of to decide means to cut away from. So I cut away from 
sorrow and I replace it with joy by choice, which means I have the power to do that. So I am power and power demonstrated because power spoken is not power. Power demonstrated is power. Power that impacts, power that change, that's power. So I had to accept that I have control of nothing. And yet and still, I am power, dominion, authority. I am joy. I am living. I am life. I am the action. Um, and so it's, as it comes to judgment, judgment is not a negative nor a positive in my determination. Judgment is a stamp. Judgment is the seal that we put on the envelope. And what is contained inside of that envelope is the letter that we write to ourselves about something. Mm -hmm. And that something doesn't have to be real and it doesn't have to be true. <laughs> it's just an answer that we have. It's to just an answer. Yeah. Yes. So I can take that and have taken it as, as I'm moving around this planet. And I'm seeing that there ever only exists either difference or distinction. Mm. Uh, that uh, that the letter that I write and I put a, a seal of judgment on it is so critically important, so critically important, because that judgment. And remember that to judge is an action that only authority can deliver. Mm. To judge, you must have authority to adjudicate. Because you have to look into it. You have to look into what it is that you are perceiving and adjudicate its reality. Is it real? Is it true? Is it false? Is it based on falsehoods? This is why the world, and let me be specific, this is why our society right now is so up in arms because the authority of adjudication has been lost. Mm. Mm. Because in order to adjudicate, you have to be seen and you have to actually be someone who can actually look into perceive draw out and present the truth but we can't do that when we're operating on the basis of our own personal judgments yeah personal judgments because there are personal they're interpersonal and they're extra personal and there are judgments that impact how we perceive all of the world and as i travel around the physical world i see wow, we are so very much the same. Yes. Talking about the same thing, responding to the same thing in very much the same way, only differentiated or distinguished by the culture that we have, that we have chosen to exemplify. Yep. And, yep. and there are cultures within cultures. You know, even the, the, the people try to use uh, the use of the word cult as a negative. And really, uh, culture, excuse me, I'm sorry, Cult, cult is the first four letters of the word yeah. culture. <laughs> and so you, you're not you're not stupefying me. You say, oh, they're they're just a cult. Those people over there. Well, it is any group of people that have a basis of operation based upon the same beliefs in order to achieve the same uh, outcome or goal or determination. Right. And so we are all cults of some sort or another. Tribe call so, you can plug any word you want on top of it. Same any, thing. It's a subject. Any word, any word you want. But the, this is how we demonstrate judgments by simply saying the same, speaking the truth, that you are a group of people that think one way, 
I disagree with you. I don't like the way you think and therefore how you behave. So I have determined, judged that you're a cult. And everybody agrees, right? The cult is a bad thing. Well, mm. I, I would love to disagree with you. And then I would like to see if we can find agreement on something together okay. right here live on Absolutely. air if you're willing to do that. I would like to oh. add an I am statement to what you just said. Mm -hmm. I am a better human being because of you. And I am deeply sorry for the loss of your daughter. I have one child. Chris has one child. I can't only imagine, period. Uh -huh. End of story. Mm -hmm. We have friends who have lost children. And I ask what they want when, you know, things come up. And because I personally knew their children, when there's a birthday or whatever, I say they were a beautiful per person because. And that mm -hmm. keeps them alive in their mind because they know that they have the past because people remember. Mm. I am a better person because of you, because our interactions and what I see from you lives on in me. So while mm. I fully hear you, I fully, fully hear you that it, it feels like that you're, you know, the potential for eternity or have like eternal life or continuing on that infiniteness of you dies when your offspring dies. We're all your offspring. And so mm. um, it's it's I, I, I can tell you without question knowing who you are as a being there are many other people out there right now who are better off because of you and so mm -hmm. one of the things that we do when we um have people write their eulogy we have them write their eulogy and using very specific verbs and mm -hmm. adjectives that will live on forever mm -hmm. so earl amin coach scott Goyet, founder chris excuses blah 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 the way you make me feel yeah that was that which you've demonstrated in action to me those mm. things live on in me and subsequently mm. live on in the students i teach and everybody else mm. and it's exponential and i know in your mm. heart of hearts you know that and that was my only disagreement was mm. you are eternal you know that your i am statements are mm. you said one that i've never said before and i'm going to say it now and you said it indirectly I am now. Yeah. I am now. That was beautiful. Yeah. It's true. That's all there is. Those are my two statements. I am love and I am now. Yeah. And 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 thank you, first of all, for, for your expression in the form of your disagreement. Uh, I receive it and I accept it. And I know that that if we allow ourselves to not be defined by the occurrences about and around us we can live a life that expresses itself actionably and measurably and i say those two words together because it's important action must be measurable like and we can live a life that just it, you will be amazed and just stunned at the level of power that you possess and so I am spending a great deal of time working with clients and friends and families, you know, as you might imagine, many were affected, um, not reminding them, as you might traditionally expect, of, you know, oh, let me come in and fill the space of your sorrow. No, feel, feel that sorrow. Yeah. It, it, it's real. Oh, yes. uh, it, it, embrace it. Because the moment you embrace it, you begin to change it, to catalyze mm -hmm. it. And you begin to form it into something that feeds you and not something that that just drains you. And 
and so communication is something I've I've pivoted towards uh, with targeted in interest because oftentimes even the most powerful, the most adroit, the most educated, experienced, blah 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 blah, we have no idea what to say. True, <laughs> even with practice. Yeah, yeah, we have no idea what to say to ourselves. Yeah, because that's where it starts, and so. My focus is to help others to understand that they have limitless capacity for understanding, limitless capacity for communicating, limitless capacity, and here's where the thing comes in, for forgiving. Because what forgiveness does, even of self, even if you think you haven't done something, is forgiveness is the advanced opening of a space for a new determination. Mm -hmm. And we have no idea of how we can open up the space for our future, which is why forgiveness sets you free. And, and I had some forgiving to do. And you might think that I wouldn't. Why would I? Well, who would I have to forgive? Well, I did have some forgiving to do. And I had to face that. And I went through that process and I engaged it. Can you and talk so about that process? Can you talk about that process, Earl, for people sure. who are, because that was going to be one of my questions. <clears throat> I'm so glad you're going down this road is the fact that we talked about when you said, I am love. And I thought about that for a moment. I'm thinking how many people can really say that because most people are walking around feeling worthiness, wor feeling worthless and feeling like as a, as mm. a culmination of all the opinions and mm. judgments from their entire life, especially mm. when we're youth, that's, that stuff sticks with us. So to say, I am love, if I don't love myself, which I found out through a lot of conversations the last couple of years, people struggle to love themselves. So to be able to say that I am statement combined with what you're saying here with forgiveness. Talk to us about encompassing that and what that process sure. looks like for people to be able to unpack that for themselves, to be able to say, okay, well, irrespective of my parents didn't love me or didn't support me, everything, I am love and I am worthy of that love, irrespective of some of that conditioning. Mm -hmm. Walk us through that process in, in, in a deeper sure. uh, aspect, please. Thank sure, you. Sure, sure. Uh, I'm grateful to you for asking that question and allowing me to share uh, what my experience has been yeah, in please. that regard. Uh, and uh, it's interesting, I'm right now uh, deeply emotionally impacted um, because when I discovered for myself, two words, not one, for myself, what love is, how to love and what love looks like, um, it just changed me. Mm. And I only use one word uh, to represent or define what love is to myself. And that is do. D-O. Action. D -O. You try to think of any circumstance in which you felt loved. And you will, as you begin to orally describe it, you will describe an action that took place. And I have spoken with thousands of people and, and asked them to do this. And not one yet has been able to describe the experience of love in any form other than in action. So, oh yeah, I remember when so-and-so came over. Uh, oh, I remember when so-and-so did this. Well, I remember when so-and-so said this. There, It's always an action. True. So I, I took that and I said, okay, in order for me to be love, I have to look to what I am willing to do. Because in the doing, we move through time, mm -hmm. takes time. We move through space because we're going to have to move something in some form or fashion, even it's even if it's just being quiet and resisting that moment.
to tell them what you think they ought to do, but just allowing them to occupy that space in that moment. And that is why uh, uh, Maya Angelou said, it's about how you make them feel. Mm -hmm. Because what it takes for you to do that is a commitment to a willingness. This is key, mm -hmm. a commitment to a willingness to act. That's the beginning, just to have the willingness. That's how you love yourself. Mm -hmm. So let's break it down and say, I am. I teach first. Say, I am. Just those two words. I am. I am. And then what, what instantly comes to mind when you're faced with any circumstance? Now, choose. Make a decision. Cut away from all other actions and execute. And now you will know I am that. And now when it comes to love, same measurement. If it's not something that you possess the willing, the willingness to action, then I would ask you to think about whether or not you're acting from love. Mm. Love costs you something. It really does. <laughs> so in moving from I am to love, to love being an action that I'm willing to take, and that, and that action being forgiving, forgiving, you've already covered the dynamic of love that is demonstrated, and I'll use this as an example, Christianity, the love that was born to all of us through an action that allowed forgiveness to be our gift. Man. Now, I don't put myself up on that level up here at the top of the screen, but I'm somewhere in there in my understanding and now my commitment to action love. So I, I, I get these little uh, assignments in my spirit and sometimes it'll be focused on a certain word and uh, compassion was was. Uh, uh, two, three months ago, compassion. All I could think about was compassion. And so I do an etymological study. I research the word, I go through it, and then I start speaking it and I, I start asking people, are you experiencing compassion from me now? Why do I do that? Because I'm really practicing mm -hmm. an understanding that becomes the action to which I commit. So I stuff it in my love bag. And when I say <clears throat> I love you, then it's not just, this is why I say it's not just a one thing. When I say I am, oh, Siri. Mm -hmm. when I say I am love, I'm picking up a bag. I'm saying I am love, and here's the action that, that, that evidences it. So when I, when I turn to my wife and I say I love you, I ask her, what evidence do you have that I love you? And she always will say, you did this. I feel loved when you do this. It's always in action. And so that teaches both of us how to love, take out love, put in action, how to mm -hmm. action with one another because it's measurable. All right, I've got a question <laughs> for you. Mm -mm, mic drop. Mic drop. Can you can, can you share? So you you've been very clear in the in the idea of the action orientation of love. <clears throat> love is, is is something that's that's movement, and that's how the universe continues to expand and everything. So can you tell us one thing that your daughter did using your words 
to show love to you and, and or the world, like a beautiful story, something you like to share so it can live on indefinitely in this podcast and people can listen to that story. So I'd like to hear an example of love represented by her. That's beautiful. Uh, and, you know, um, it, you might expect me to say something profound, uh, but it's really simple. It's just when she would say, thank you, daddy. Mm. That every single time. I have a daughter, I, man. I get it. Yeah. I had I to that. just steal myself because that made me feel allowed. I allowed myself to receive that and have an experience of emotion that felt that all was worthwhile and connected that this was my daughter. Right. And in those moments, uh, and fathers, I know you know what I'm saying. I would kill, I would I would steal, I would be shot to death, I would do anything yeah. to protect that love. Mm -hmm. So what, what can you tell dads right this second? You know, because, I mean, we hear this and we see this again and again in some of the most horrific <clears throat> situations and loss and trauma and things. There, there is some strange opportunity. There's got to be somebody listening right now that I'm hoping everybody just heard that. Thank you, daddy. Because when you said that, I want to close my eyes and that's ringing through my ears because I have tears in my eyes. I feel like, I, I mean, you know, I get it. I have a 16 year old little girl that I've hugged nonstop, constantly saying I love her and you get that. Thank you, daddy. Or that I love you, daddy. It's like, Ooh, mm -hmm. my whole body. Nice. What, what can we tell those dads in a moment of loss? Is there anything we can do to be I am now in those mm. moments so we're receiving mm. them so well, so it's filling our cup, so we're being the best versions of ourselves so that we don't say later, like, is there something that we need to do better in our present moment while people are in our lives? When your children are of the age where they are seemingly in defiance of everything that you hold dear. Like when um, I, got <laughs> I have a six-year-old. <laughs> oh, yeah. 16-year-old uh, gets a car. I get it. Okay. Oh, yeah. In, in that moment when you perceive their sensibilities as just craziness, and I just will not stand for it, Love them highest and best by always delivering a question before a statement. Because just the creating of that question will require of you patience. It will require of you to face the potential of what forgiveness looks like. It will require of you to look more deeply and to open yourself up to listening to the answer. So you just um, jumped in the car and drove down the street and ran into the neighbor's house. And okay, first of all, know that I love you. And this is how I'm going to demonstrate my love. Be intelligent. Don't be blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Be, <clears throat> you know, be direct because they are now at a level of thinking that they don't understand. They're thinking about the emotion of it. And you have to bring them to the concrete. So first of all, know that I love you. And this is how I'm going to demonstrate my love for you. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. 
And it might be something fundamental. First of all, are you okay if that's required? <clears throat> and by okay, I mean, are you physically injured? Be specific. And I tell you, I've watched this transform, transform people. I used to work with Lisa Nichols in the formative years, and, and I dealt with teenagers from all kinds of circumstances. And my mother was child protective services. And we used to go in and take kids when I was in high school. We go into houses and take children out of bad situations. Whoa. So I'm not speaking from, uh, hey, I'm you know 60 years old now and, uh, and I know stuff. No, I, I've been in experience for quite a long time. Look them in the eye and do not child them because <clears throat> what they want, no matter how much they're saying differently or even behaving differently, is they want you to acknowledge that they exist where they are here and now. So I love you. And I wanna, I'm going to demonstrate how, I, how I'm going to love you by asking you a question. And ask that question and then listen. And once they give you the answer and they're likely to say something like, oh, I don't know. And, and, and I get that. I know you want to say, I don't know. But I want to give you, give you some time. But there is an answer. And we need to discuss the answer so we can determine what we are going to do. Because I want you to know that I'm your daddy. I will always be your daddy. I got you. But you're going to have to go through some things so that you can get beyond this. Are you willing to allow me to love you in a way that supports you, even if I have to ask you some tough questions and you have to face some tough results as a result of your action? Are you willing for us to do that? First thing she wants and she'll never forget, she'll say, I remember that time, daddy, that I did this and this and I thought you were just gonna go crazy, but you yeah. didn't. You asked me a question and it calmed me down and I realized that you were with me. <laughs> that you were with me and I wasn't alone and you weren't going to destroy my life. Yeah. This is such a critical, such a critical, critical, critical thing. And what you're actually doing in that moment is not only are you loving through action her, but you're loving yourself as a man, as a father, as a parent, because parenting ends, but fathering never ends. Mm. Never Love ends. That I'm distinction. still a father to this day, 100%. but I can no longer parent. That is the, the distinction. When they become adults, you cannot parent them and say, hey, while you're living in your house, 3,000 <laughs> miles on the other side of the country, did you make your bed up? I'm coming over there. I'm going to check to make you made you, you made your bed. Hey, now, yeah. <laughs> There's always <laughs> a way to get around that. <laughs> but uh, but it, you know the parenting actually ends. So you're you're helping to model uh, a way that you move towards qualitative mm -hmm. parenting, knowing that parenting at some point will end and you will be daddy, the father, and that she will come to you and say, man. Oh, I just did something or something just just happened. And and you will respond not with, well, how what the I, that's just so ridiculous. No, do you mind if I ask you a question? Safe mm -hmm. place. Get in the moment yes, with them, yes, get yes. get in their mindset get with them. them. Don't come at it from an attacking yeah. standpoint. Seek to understand. Yeah. 
hundred percent. And, and I love what you're saying. I mean, it really does. It's resonating with me big time. And I know it's resonating with the people that are watching and listening to this. And something just occurred to me over the course of these conversations. One of the things that's been central to the conversation is vulnerability, right? Is sitting there really getting yeah. in touch with who we are and, and talking about love and everything else, but we got to get vulnerable with ourselves as two, yeah. as three powerful men right here. I would love to hear from you two right now in in the in what we could do to help men that are watching this especially get to that vulnerable state and realize that that the power and the strength and the resiliency and, and who we really are and who we become is from those vulnerable states what are some recommendations yes. you both have that for the people that are, are listening and watching this can can get more vulnerable and know that there's there's healing and there's opportunity for a lot of growth and and strength within those moments mm -hmm. i'll share a quick one I am willing to remove my masks. Okay. Yes. And I would just sit with that because, you know, Earl knows that we can lead with I am statements. I am statements can be the culmination of certain beliefs or certain moments in response to those moments. But to say I'm willing to remove the masks, you know, in one moment, being from Boston, Massachusetts, you know, it's like you got to have this tough outside shell. You got to do this. And a lot of these are patriarchy, typical men things you you got to fight. You've got to have this appearance. You got to do this. People listen when you yell, you know, just these fictitious masks that sort of worked in the moment well enough. But what does that mean? And so the vulnerability that you can access that will provide strength is taking off the mask and really trying new things. I just call it the inner work. I mean, you can go to a coach like Earl, like Chris, like myself. We practice the work. We do it. We look deeply at ourselves. We say, this is no longer working for me in the capacity that I wanted it to. Maybe it's good enough, but what does that mean? Right. I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. I just lied to myself for probably the last few years. I keep saying I, get, I take trace amounts of gluten because I'm not super cautious at restaurants and I'm celiac. And I'm like, it didn't kill me. Okay, well, what does that mean? Is it creating inflammation? Is it hurting me? Is it affecting my thinking? Is it eventually going to create chronic illness that my daughter's going to be taking care of me because I'm sick? And I made a decision this week to say, I'm not going to eat foods that might be. I'm going to be definitive about my diet and be good to myself. So that started with the vulnerability to say, stop being a tough guy. Look a little more closely. Be the annoying guy at the restaurant because where does that strength come from? My daughter's not taking care of somebody with chronic illness. Because I was too proud to think it's no big deal. It's not killing me. So I would look at little things like that. And I think that's super important for all of us. Amen. Love it. 100%. 100% uh, spot on. Um, and, you know, again, I, as you were speaking, I just keep thinking of humility and vulnerability. Um, and they both are two sides of, of the same coin. Uh, but, and then I ask people the question of, well, how many sides does a coin have? And I'll ask you all, how many sides does a coin have? Yeah, exactly. It has three sides. So you can't just flip the coin because you're really, there's more to it than that. So humility mm -hmm. is, is, is when you just, you don't have to be right all the time. Uh, humility is, is acceptance. Um, and vulnerability is is in contradiction to uh, invulnerability is when you risk being hurt. 
yeah. because some men think, some people think I've got to stand invulnerable, you know, and, I, and I, I'm a big guy and I'm well muscled and I look like I might be invulnerable. But my true superpower is my willingness to be vulnerable. And so sometimes mm -hmm. my statement is I am vulnerability. I am vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So I have to stand there and be willing to be hurt because in that there's growth and usually for both parties. So mm -hmm. I, I love, love what you said, Scott, and, and I echo that. And, and for me, I would just say that it is, uh, you know, humility and, 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 and vulnerability. Um, and, and it's a dynamic that when people who are possessed of power, you know, we all talk to CEOs and people with great responsibility and authority. Uh, vulnerability is, it's kind of like you see it in their eyes, the eyes twitch a little bit and they're like, you know, what are you trying to, what are you trying to make me weak? Vulnerability means weakness. No, it doesn't. No, mm -hmm. just like uh, surrender doesn't mean weakness. It's just mm -hmm. a, it's a word that means to deliver. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. uh, and so you when you break away the misunderstanding, what is left is understanding, and through understanding we can create. So, uh, just humility and and vulnerability—they are two of my greatest assets. Mm. Love it. Absolutely beautiful. Bravo. What an incredible conversation already going for 45 minutes. I mean, geez, Earl, we could sit here and talk to you. I could listen to you for hours and hours and hours. So <laughs> please do my, please do my audio. When I, when my book comes out, do the, uh, the narration yes. for, my, for my book. I, I mean, Earl for the audio. <laughs> such a beautiful voice. And so, I mean, more importantly, right. such a beautiful heart and, uh, such a beautiful, mm -hmm. uh, conversation today. Um, any final words or, or questions, Mr. Scott? I, I love the, I am love and I am now. And I love the willingness to know that your I am's change in the present moment based on your experience as a human. The the permanent ones, the I am now, I am love, those will be there forever. I am divine, I am creator, but mm -hmm. I am devastated. I am hurt in the moment. I mean, those are very real things. Mm -hmm. And that's part of being a human. It's part of the process. And we can gain strength through that and we can feel through that. And I don't know that I wanna go through some of it but the world's going to hand me what I can handle and the lessons that I need to experience contrary to sometimes my own belief. And I'm sure you mm -hmm. too, Earl, but oh, here we are three, three strong men being vulnerable and hopefully a lot of people get something from this. Cause I know I did. Amen. So Earl, where can people get a hold of you to continue this amazing conversation and, uh, and learn more about you? Uh, you can go to my website, uh, gray owl enterprises, uh, we are a specific type of consultancy, uh, which includes uh, uh, what we call dynamic uh, coaching. Uh, usually uh, people reach out to us when they've tried other things, but they cannot get their now centered. They just can't get it centered. So they, they'll call on us, and this can be individuals, uh, companies, uh, uh, last year, we did uh, work for three different countries. Um, and uh, and it's interesting that no matter how powerful you are, even kings sometimes just don't know what to say <laughs> and how and how to say it. Uh, 
it, it is a, a reality. So please feel free to uh, reach out to us. Uh, we cover a wide uh, variety of issues and items. So uh, you can go on to our link and set up a, a little conversation with me and and uh, we'll see what the what your truth is, what your reality is. And we will do it without judgment. Amen. Amen. I love it. I understand, Siri. I understand. Teach Siri how to think it understand judgment. Good Lord. We're going to have to have a show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, Earl, this has been a phenomenal, phenomenal time. We would love to have you come back on the show again and continue diving deep on some of these major topics. Appreciate you joining us all the way from uh, from beautiful Costa Rica. I know Colombia, you're Colombia. Um, I was thinking about Costa Rica earlier. So thank you, yeah. brother, for being here. We're going to place you backstage here for a second. Don't go anywhere because we still want to have a right. chat with you. And Scott and I are going to finish thank out you. the show for just a few moments. But again, thank you, brother, for thank being you. here. And, and all my heart and my condolences. Um, and we'll yeah. be talking here just a, in a few seconds. All right. Thank you. Wow, Scott, geez, did not expect that. What an incredible, incredible mind-opening conversation from so many different aspects and talking about who we are truly. Um, what are some what are some thoughts that you uh that you gained from this particular conversation? first of all, the concept of time really started hyper-resonating with me because you know, I'm friends with Earl and I didn't even know his daughter passed. And and it just shows you. I mean, and, and I know this will resonate with him too. You know, there's so many people on this planet that that you love. Like once you start to really love yourself and you start to deeply connect, this planet gets very small. Yeah. And I remember hearing it as a kid, you'll only be friends with a few people and that's the most. And you can't be friends with all these people. You don't understand. Only a few people like you. All this, I honestly have hundreds of people I deeply love. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like yeah, very so much so. And, you know, you might miss somebody for a moment and I'm glad we're there for him in this present moment. There's a sadness like, man, how do I not know that? Um, but there's also a reality that time really does fly. We are eternal. We're all going to be together indefinitely. And I'm really glad that he's diving deep in processing this and simultaneously still being able to, able to teach from a space that's different prior to her passing. Um, there's new information, there's new experience, there's new opportunity for him to share. And it's, I can't, again, I can't explain, I, I don't understand it. I still have my daughter. So love Earl, love everything he had to say. And um, I think we're blessed to have the opportunity to have this podcast with him. Oh, 100%, Scott. I mean, I, I know that this conversation is going to impact people more so than they originally okay. thought maybe when the, when the, when the, when the show was going to start. And I love that. I love when we have conversations where out of nowhere something comes out that's a vulnerable okay. share that's something that can really impact a lot of people. We all deal with loss. We all deal with the loss of our parents, loved ones, spouses, daughters, oh kids, brothers, sisters. I've got friends of mine now that are just like, Chris, I don't, I could process the fact that my friends were dying, but now my, my brother just died. And now that's like, Okay, that's like raising the awareness. I get chills when I think about it. That's raising the awareness now about my own mortality. And I think from this conversation tonight that people can take from that. And for me, at least, when I look at things, I look at things as everything happening for a particular reason. And I've had so many people debate me on that. Well, what was the reason that the kid was molested? What was the reason, you know, this happened? And I sit there and I go back to him like, if I look at it the way I do, I look at life is happening, everything that's happened for me in my past has helped me prepare me for what's going to happen next. Whatever happened before, whatever's happening now is preparing me for what's happened next, what's going to happen next. And whatever happens next, like Earl beautifully said, that is completely out of my control. What is within my control is how I respond to whatever those out situations outside my comfort zone or outside my familiarity zone. If I re re if I react to it 
as an emotional being, of course, the reactions are going to stimulate and they're going to have ripple effects of something negative happening down the line. But if I choose to sit back and sit in that space to be able to sit there and say, okay, what am I right now? I am confused. I, okay, what's the first thing I can do if I'm confused is find something to be grateful for, find love, find forgiveness, find somebody to talk to and be able to share this experience with. And I think for people sitting here tonight, going through this experience is that nothing is for certain. Nothing's going to last forever. We're not going to last forever. Our, our, our parents and our kids and our friends and our loved ones are going to last forever. So what do we have the choice to do now is to be in the moment and to, to embrace those moments and to really cherish those. I heard a statistic, don't quote me on it, ladies and gentlemen, but <clears throat> after your kids leave home on average, they spend like something ridiculous, like eight hours with their parents before they die. Like when you think about family gatherings and all those different things, you spend about it's something like it's something ridiculous, eight hours, 12 hours, six hours on average before the parents die. You see them, you know, for an hour at a family reunion every three years, and then all of a sudden they're passed away 10 years later. Embrace those moments now. Embrace those, 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 those conversations now. Be say what's need to be said now and make sure that people I my my son asked me recently, he goes, Dad, why do you always tell me you love me so much? And he was kind of like annoyed with it. And I said, Because I never know when the last time I'm gonna be able to say it is. I said, so for me, it's important for you to know how much I love you. Sometimes I'm tough on you. Sometimes I need to be a parent, but always know throughout those, those conversations, it's because I love you. It's because I want the best for you. It's because I care. And uh, for me tonight, the conversation is really just, again, about embracing those vulnerabilities and finding those as strengths within ourselves to be able to push through and say, okay, in this particular situation, I may be frustrated. I may be overwhelmed. I may be um, at wit's end. But at the same time, I'm still love and I'm still opportunity. I'm still resourcefulness. I'm still objectivity. I'm still whatever it is that I could possibly be to get through this moment. Because for me, when I lose somebody, <clears throat> I always look at it as this. What is it that I can do that they did to continue on that, that legacy like you were talking about? So for my, like when my, my, uh, my ex-wife's sister died, who I call my little sister, I was really like frustrated with God source universe. Like, how can you take this 33 year old woman who just gave birth to this beautiful baby and like, just knock her down with a heart attack and take her away. And so I had to process that. I'm like, everything happens for a reason. So now Tammy can become a parent, my ex-wife. And I started thinking about, it, I was mad. And I'm like, what can I do that Tiffany did to carry on that tradition of, of, of her life and her legacy? What was it that she was so passionate for? And so in deciding to go become an, an advocate in breast cancer awareness research and do uh, Susan G. Coleman walks, I did those all in uh, honor of Tiffany. And so I think that's something that we can take away from this. But uh, yeah, powerful conversation tonight, Scott. Those are my those are my thoughts. I love it. No, and I'm just glad we had her alone. And hopefully we look at judgment in a different way. Hopefully we define words the way you explain compassion, love make those words really deep for us. So when we say, I love somebody, when it's coming from our hearts, it's felt, it's understood, and it's just filled with truth and beautiful intent. So mm. love you guys. Have a beautiful rest of your weekend. We love love you guys. We'll see you here next Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Don't forget to, as always, go to theunfilteredexperience.com, www.theunfilteredexperience.com. Go join our Facebook community. Let us know what's going on, what type of guests you want to see. And we've been doing these new seasons of shows. So tell us about a main topic that you find would be interesting for us to go down the rabbit hole with, with a bunch of different guests. We would love to hear those for you because this show is for you. We do the show with you. We come and share our emotions and our feelings and our lives with you. You guys share it with us in the comments and in the feedback. So let's together let's keep raising our level of awareness our vibration our opportunity to make and bring love into this world because people need it such as yourself and such as other people that are hurting so go out there and be the change that you would love to see and we will see you next time on the unfiltered experience love we love you guys